Hey, hey, all my bougie baddies. I'm super excited about the call that we're going to have today, the discussion that we're going to have today with Santino, who is the CEO and founder of MoneyWise Academy. Now, y'all know we always talk about budgeting, saving, and investing. So with the market acting the way that it is, I thought it was the perfect time to start bringing experts into the space to talk to you all especially the new investors. So without further ado, I'd like to bring up Mr. Santino with Wise Money Academy. Hey, hey Santino, how are you? What's up? I'm great. I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for having me on. Yes, of course. I'm excited. You know, we met in Clubhouse, I think maybe over a year ago now, maybe almost close to two years. Yeah. Yeah. At that point in time, like I, I hadn't even lost my job yet. And so I was popping into a room that you were in and just listening to everything that y'all were talking about. And I said, these folks are just passionate about helping people. And so I knew that, you know, when I wanted to have guests onto my podcast, onto my show, that you were definitely one of the people that I wanted to talk to. So please introduce yourself to everyone and give us your backstory. Hello, everybody. I'm Santino, um, a.k.a. The Only Option, the founder of Wise Money Academy. Wise Money Academy is an investment education uh, school that we're trying to build into a university um, in due time, you know, um, and it pretty much got started, you know, out of a place of necessity for me. I knew how important um, being educated about finances in general, about economics and about investment. I know the impact of what it had on my life. Um, my background, you know, um, I came from a very troubled background. Um, I got, I got uh, basically an, an ex-felon. I used to be a drug dealer, basically, you know, for lack of a better word. I was a drug dealer. And um, I did some time for my crimes and um, I did actually was sentenced to a lot more time than any human should get for the crime that I committed. Um, managed to win my appeal in the federal system and come home and change my life. You know, I knew once I, I was grateful for the opportunity to be able to come home. I was actually sentenced to 22 years and um, I managed to only serve five years of that time. And I won my appeal, gave back the rest of the time and came home. And during the time that I was serving, um, I ran into a guy that actually put me on to the stock market. And I was so intrigued by it. I don't know if it was his style of teaching because, you know, he come from the same element I come from. He was a street guy. He was an older guy. And the way he delivered the message, he was speaking my language. He was using slang. You know, he wasn't using some of the fancy jargon that normally runs us away from that and makes us lack confidence that we can actually learn it. So it was it was just an awesome thing. And I spent most of my time just studying economics, studying stocks, studying how to trade options, technical analysis, which is the art of reading the stocks chart so you can gauge where the price is going to go or not going to go. And um, I just fell in love with that whole world. Um, I'm a ninth grade dropout, you know, never did any college, never did too much in high school, even for the one year that I did go. Well, the partial year that I went 
And um, I was always a troubled kid in school, never want to pay attention. I never had a problem learning. Um, I, I always had some level of intelligence or smarts, but I had behavioral issues. And um, I guess it was because whatever I was learning wasn't intriguing to me. Right. You know, it, it, it didn't it didn't float my boat at all. Um, but when I learned this, especially the options portion of it all, once I knew that I understood options, how sophisticated that particular learn is. And I'm thinking, man, you know, I dropped out of school and I know this stuff. And um, I was just I fell in love with it from then on. So at the same time, I'm I'm, I'm studying law. I became a federal lawyer basically for myself. Um, I'm studying finance and economics at the same time because I knew I, I had to go home to something. I knew that after receiving that blessing that I already had it in my mind, Raquel, I was so optimistic amongst such a pessimistic place. Mm-hmm. There was so many people serving so much time for drugs. Yeah. I was in there with guys that's never coming home. So when I speak to them about me having an appeal in, they like, man, you're not going to win. Nobody beats the federal government. And I'm like, yeah, maybe nobody has, but I will. And I just kept that mentality. And I that same mentality resonates into every area of my life. I don't believe there's anything that can't be done. So where the wise money thing spawned from, um, one of the guys that was my economics teacher, he actually used to be a Wall Street guru back in mm-hmm. the day before he fell on hard times for committing some SEC infractions. Mm-hmm. So he, he he once said to me, he said, so I asked him one day, I said, why do you give me all of this information? He said, because when I looked at you from afar, I see you every day in a library, I could tell that you would receive it. Mm-hmm. And um, I said, well, I thank you for that. He said, you could thank me by going home and putting the rest of your people onto this. Now this was a white guy. And one of my other teachers was an Indian guy. Yeah. And they both told me, go back and put your people onto this. Yeah. Because this is what's being kept from y'all. And um, so when me, my mentor that actually brought me into it, that was my first teacher with stocks. Mm-hmm. When we used to walk on a compound in jail, that's what they call it. When you leave whatever unit you live in and you might go to the library, you might go to the gym. Guys would see us, the younger guys, the knuckleheads running around getting into stuff. They would see us and they would be like, they go to wise men right there. So anytime they seen us, they knew what he taught because they had they ran a few different classes in the facility that I was in. But his class was the most sought after class. When that list comes out, it gets full immediately. It gets filled immediately. So everybody knew him for that. So. They would see us and they would call us the wise men. So when I and, and also another older gentleman told me when I first got to the facility, he asked me, have I ever been in the federal prison before? And I said, no. And he said, well, I'm going to tell you, it's either going to be one or two things for you. It's going to be a playground for a fool or a university for a wise man. So mm-hmm. when I asked him, I asked him, I said, why? Why did you say a university for a wise man? I already know how to be a fool. I want to learn how to be a wise man now. <laughs> so he said, um, well, I say that because there's so many, so much information down here. There's a large plethora of information down here because so many people are in here for so many different crimes. Right. And, you know, you had people who were loan officers. You had people who did scams with mortgages and 
stock market. And those were the people I gravitated towards, you know. And um, that's where I pretty much became a sponge and soaked up as much information as I could. And when I came home, I just decided, you know what? First, I had to test my theory because I sat for five and five years and nine months learning this stuff. So I came home, I started paper trading. Then I used my first check. You know, I started trading, I, you know, built that capital up and then I blew it. And then I lost my job. So after I lost my job, I said, I'm not looking for any more jobs. Right. I got my income tax money, right? It was about $12.50. i never forget. It might have been $12.56 on a dot. I took that money. I put it in the market. Mm-hmm. I blew it up to like $15,000. And mm-hmm. then it, it it decreased on me all right. the way down to about $500. So I looked at that $500. I didn't make no trades for like a week and a half. I said, what am I missing here? What what I was missing is trade planning. Yep. Trade planning, right? Because that's the most important part after you learn how to trade. Now you got to plan your trade. So right. after that, I took that 500 to the moon. 2019 was a great year. Yeah. Um, and um, I've never looked back since then. So I, I kind of started Wise Money around the time that I first started live trading, which was about November of... 2018 and um yeah it was just a beautiful thing since then so it was started out of passion started out of you know me understanding the need for this information especially in back in areas where i grew up you know i lived in chicago i lived in pittsburgh jersey city north new jersey new brunswick new jersey it's just like everywhere we move it, it, the conditions just got worse you know and um I grew up with a single parent mom, you know, a single household with, you know, single parent household with my mom and her, you know, pretty much taking care of three kids with very little education for herself. She didn't know anything about investments, anything about how to, you know, uh, how to embellish your credit or none of this stuff. None of this stuff that's so readily available right under our thumbs was available to her. You know, we talking about early 80s when the cheese truck really pulled up on the corner to hand out cheese and butter to the people. Like, that's the era I grew up in, you know. I practically, my second home was a welfare office, you know. And um, she was still a great person. Didn't make her, you know, any less of a mom. She just wasn't educated, you know. It's just money for us always had a sense of urgency tied to it. As fast as it come in, that's as fast as it go. And um, that's, you know, that's where the passion come from to say, you know what, let me start Wise Money Academy. Let me start putting people on to this information. And knowing that my theories were proven, I said, you know, it's my duty to get this to the people because, you know, after 2020, after COVID, it was just an onslaught of this information out there, which is good and fine and dandy. It's a positive thing. But when it comes to this, it's a right way to do it and it's a wrong way to do it. And I know my way was proven, right? So I, I just wanted to bring that down to the people. And that's how pretty much how it got started. That was a, that I didn't know that about you. Yeah, yeah. I didn't believe I, I used to be a correction officer. Yeah. As a yeah. matter of fact, I think I heard you say that before. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. 
And I think people like there's so many things that you said that I want to I just want to highlight a couple of them. One of the main things in it, and I and I feel that this needs to be said, is that when you're investing, there isn't anyone who can tell you no. Right. When you're in the position where you come out, you may be, um, you know, a convicted felon. You may have um, built up this rap sheet. And you go to apply to a job and a job is telling you no because of your record or because of your history and your past. But the market doesn't judge you. The market isn't going to say you're not qualified. Right. The market is going to say, what intelligence are you bringing to this space? How are you managing your risk? Right. And this is what you can get out of it. And I think that that's amazing that you spent that time. You spent that time to take the intelligence that you already had, because I'll be honest with you to to be in that space and 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 even though you know you were selling drugs, it's there's a level of high intelligence that it takes to be able to do all of that math that's involved with all of that and everything else and the organization behind it. So you took your knowledge base and you just applied it to the market. You weren't not any less intelligent because you were a high school dropout. Your level of intelligence just needed different focus. Yes. And that's I agree. Really, and that's really all that that was. So you took what you already were we're kind of versed in and then you applied it to something else and you developed on that skill set. Yes. Yes. I, I agree with you. Yeah. So and, go ahead. Go ahead. You no, know, I was just saying, I, t- I tell people all the time, uh, uh, your, your, your level of intellect or knowledge isn't determined by what grade of school you made it to. So yeah. I, I agree with you totally. It's just for me, it was just shocking that it's not that I didn't expect that I could learn it, it was just after going through it and seeing how sophisticated it was and then coming to the conclusion that I understand this, it's like, mm-hmm. wow, wow. Yeah. I instantly, I just wanted to learn more. Teach me more, yeah. teach me more, you know? And um, it was just sheer desperation and yeah. just, you know, I, I was working off something different, right? I, I really didn't feel like 20 years was a part of my future. I really didn't feel like it was written for me to come home 56 years old. I'm 45 now. So that means I would have came home 11 years from now. Yeah. That's when I was supposed to come home. Right. And I just didn't feel like that was in the script. Right. I feel like I was auditioning for that script, but I don't have to take that part. I don't have to play that role. So with that, with those thoughts in mind, I just started fighting. I have, I got one child. She's 20 years old now. At the time, she, you know, when I when I was sentenced to the time, she was maybe 13 or 14, and um, maybe 12. And um, I just couldn't see not being home or coming home. And she's 30, married with a family, and went through everything on her own. Yeah. And that was the most important thing for me, you know, the fact that. I disrupted her process because now she don't have a dad around who always helped her with her homework, who always picked her up from the bus, who no matter how me and her mom was, was a dad, 110%. The only thing that I did lack is I selfishly put my own desires before what was important. And I made the excuse that I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for y'all, but really I'm doing it for me. If money's the key, then there's so many different ways to get money. That's what I tell the guys now. If there's a million dollars in this world, there's a million ways for you to get it. You know, right. 
So, you know, that's what really made me pivot and just go in the other direction. And then at that point, I knew, you know, once this thing played out and I came home, I needed to come home with a different set of skills. Trading stocks, learning how to invest, learning how to pick stocks, Forex, futures, Bitcoin, whatever you trade, that is a skill. That is a skill that can feed you for the rest of your life. That is a skill that you can pass down to the next generation, your offsprings, and they can eat off of. And that's the beauty of it. Like you said, there's nobody to judge you. When you open your brokerage account, as long as you don't have no red flags for um, some type of fraud or something like that, most brokerage houses will let you open up a brokerage account. They will allow you to trade. They will take your money. Your money is just as green as anybody else's who don't have a felony, who hasn't been in trouble. And I always tell people, this is the one business where you're your own boss. You make up your own hours. You manage your own money. You go to work when you feel like it. I mean, this is the freedom that most of us wish we had. You know, it takes time to get there. You spent five years learning before you even took a trade. And your first trades were on paper. And I feel like um, people definitely need to understand that on social media, they make it seem so easy, right? But you've got to invest the time. A lot of people want instant gratification when it comes to the market, but instant gratification doesn't come until you've had delayed education, right? You need to spend the time learning the information, right? Having having the support there through true mentorship, right? Someone who has gone through the ringer, has blown the accounts, right? And can help you navigate around the mistakes that you're going to make in the market. You can't get around making mistakes in the market. It's a part of the learning curve. That's right. Um, and what I love about you is, like you said, you know, you have 11 years that essentially you still should have been spending time, but now you're taking those 11 years and you're saying, I'm going to impact as many lives as possible take this information, still be myself, break it down to where I know people can understand it and help other people change their financial situation for their households. Because like you said, your mom, she didn't have the education. A ninth grade dropout, you didn't have the education. You made a decision. You learned, you learned based off of that decision. And now you're going back to your hometown and you're changing life after life after life. And that impact is crazy because your name, Wise Money Academy, came from being called a wise man while you were in federal penitentiary, right? Yes. Yes. That's, you always yes. keep that story with you. You'll never forget. You'll never forget and you'll never um, not be humble because of that. And I, I just love everything about that. So tell me, Mr. Santino. You um, have several courses available on your website. Yes. So when people come in and they're a brand spanking new investor, and they're like, hey, I don't know anything. I just know I want to make some money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. What is the, what's a process that you think they should go through? Like what's something that you think new investors definitely need to know and understand when they come into this market? Well, the first thing I do when I, I give a consultation to people, right? All consultations are, f- are free, obviously, right? When somebody comes to me and they say, hey, I'm interested in learning how to invest or I want to learn how to I want to see what the stock market's about. The first question I ask them is, you know, where do you see yourself being in the market? Do you see yourself as a trader? Do you see yourself as a buy and hold type of person where you just buying stocks, letting them increase in value or decrease in value and you sell it, you know, five, 10 years, whatever. 
<clears throat> that question is important because it gives me an idea of the type of time they have available too, mm -hmm. right? Because if, if you're already engulfed in a career that pays you and sustains your, your life financially, right? Then it's kind of hard for you to say, you know what? I want to break away and put this time in that it takes to become a trader. And I tell people all the time, right? Just because it took me five and a half years to get it, it doesn't mean, and, and, and a little more than that, because it's probably been about nine years because you, you, you think about the time that I've actually been trading because that was a lesson in itself, right? Certain things I learned hands-on, right? And I tell people all the time when I give this story, they say, oh man, I don't have nine years to learn it. First of all, you do got nine years. Because you're going to do nine years, whether you do it learning how to trade or not. Nine years is still going to pass regardless of what. Right. Mm -hmm. But the second thing is you don't have to do study this for nine years. We designed this course in a manner where it adds years to your investing life and your education process, because all the mistakes that we already made, like Raquel said, we are helping you avoid those mistakes. We made them for you already. All the things that we've studied and, you know, may, may have uh, came across as a contradictory or maybe it, it just wasn't presented right. We already packaged that the right way. We, we put it the right way. We, we're giving you a lesson that is proven, right? So I like to know where people are with their schedule. You know, what type of risk they could stand, right? Um, how do they like to learn? Because that's important. Some people learn, you know, auditorily. Some people learn visually. Some people learn hands-on. So I like to get in tune with the person, you know, what their thoughts are. Because I know most people that take a call with me, they're all, they already have a, sl a slight lack of confidence, right? Because this is a field that they want to get into that is unheard of to them. They probably have the same mindset that I had when I started learning it. Like, can I really learn this? Is this really for me? And you said something the other day on the live, I was listening in while I was driving and you said investing is for everyone. And you're right. It is. Whether you choose to do it or not, it is for you. At some point in this world, even a homeless person is going to contribute to that stock market, whether they want to or not. If you give a homeless person some money and they turn around and go buy something out of a store, they go get them, they go to Walmart and buy some socks or they go over here and do, they are contributing to a microcosm, right? Mm -hmm. Of finance. Yeah. Because as long as the economy is doing okay, the stock market's going to do okay. So at some point you are contributing to this market. So my thing is, You've been giving your money up, right? Helping investors return profits for so long, unbeknownst to you. Now it's time for you to get some of that money back. Think about how many times a month you go to Walmart. Think about how many times a month you in Target. Think about how many online services that you use that have publicly traded companies, mm -hmm. right? You are contributing to the market. That company makes money. The stock price eventually goes up. Investors get paid. So investing is for everybody. And that, you know, it's not for me. It runs a little deeper than what we could see on surface. Really, they're saying, man, listen, 
That's for Wall Street. I got family from New York, from the Bronx that never been down by Wall Street. Hmm. And they've been living in the Bronx all, all their life. Hmm. And that's amazing to me. So one day, not to get off topic, but I always like to share this on intelligent platforms. One day, I'm downtown by Wall Street at night. Um, my lady had a job interview. I took her for it down there and I was just hanging out around Wall Street, right? You know, Instagramming and stuff like that. I run past a school. So I look up and the school says, high school for economics and finance in the middle of the financial district. Yeah. So you got the American Stock Exchange, which is, you know, where commodities and stuff like that trade and ETFs. You have that building, which nobody ever frequently goes to. It's a quiet building. Mm-hmm. Everybody goes to the New York Stock Exchange. Mm-hmm. And then right next to it is this high school. So I looked it up. And guess what, Raquel? It's not a private school. It was a public school. Wow. That's big. That's big because that's like the one thing that they say is missing out of schools in general is teaching them like true finances and not just trigonometry and algebra and all that. But exactly. That's big. I mean, Robert Kiyosaki say all the time, we learn everything except about money in school. Hello? He says, and I quote, the issue yeah. the subject of money is that it's taught at home and not in the school systems. So what can a poor parent teach your child about money? He's not just talking about being financially poor. Right? Exactly. He's talking about being mentally poor. Yeah, because the, the thing was, my mother was spiritually rich. Yeah. You know, but mentally, she just didn't have a wherewithal to be able to, it, it, you know, if you're getting $220 a month, it's what is there to budget. Right. And you got three hungry kids right you know so this is this is not just the story for me this is the story of the many right you know all black and brown people in most of the neighborhoods i grew up with are suffering from this you know some people's family may have had a better paying job than others one or two of my friends family might even own their house but the majority of us we were messed up you know and um, this information wasn't wasn't reaching us down there, you know. Social media, um, the internet, that's the beauty of it, right there. How fast we can re- re- obtain information. So you got people in Harlem, in Manhattan, Lower East Side, Upper East Side, Washington Heights, who don't know about this school. That's right downtown. They have no idea about this school. And it's literally camouflaged down there. Mm. And, um, you know, it's a public school. So I'm through with asking for government aid. I'm through with saying, why don't they do this for us? Right. I am a solution-focused person. So therefore, I say, what can I do? Right, exactly. What can I do? Yeah. So... I can only lead with that. So when I'm driving through Jersey City, Greenville section, which is the worst section of uh, Jersey City, and I'm driving through the hood, I'm not judging them. I go through the hood for inspiration. I go through the hood for idealism so I can, so some ideas can be sparked. 
You see what I'm saying? Okay, I see this is going on here. What can I do? That's the mentality I have. Because to judge someone isn't to help them. You know, that's just you satisfying your frustrations with whatever you see. And that doesn't produce any results. So my thing is, what can I do? I'm not going to ask the government to do nothing for our people. Mm. You know, I'm not going to ask the government to do anything for me. You know, there was this one, um, this one guy, his name is Dr. Spiller. And I'll never forget this. A few years back, he, we know for the most part, people attach wealth to tangible things, right? Like when most kids see or think about getting rich, they think about sports, they think about, you know, whatever environment they're in, they're thinking about what they see. So one thing that he did, and he's in the investment space too, and I've always admired this. He said, I know these kids like Jordans. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go on the school system and I'm going to take some Jordans and I'm going to teach them various parts of the market. And when they are learning it and they're showing me that they can actively trade in their demo account, he would reward them with their profits in the demo account with a pair of Jordan. Wow. Wow. Because he knew that the mindset was attached to tangible things, but he was showing them that there's money to be made in the markets. And he was doing this with kids. And the best way he can represent that was, was by giving them something that he knew that they wanted. Wow. And I that that was so pivotal for me because I'm like, we think a lot of like when in the finance space, a lot of people just think about numbers, 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 numbers. There's an entire mentality that's behind money. It takes people who have experience being at the highs and the lows to be able to take the information that we know to study the big words, the jargon and all of that, break it down so it's simple for folks who are wanting the help but don't know how to get the help, want to learn but can't understand the information, or just just needed to be broken down differently because the way that they learn may be by visual, it may be by auditorial. I, I have a question for you then. So can you give me just a few things that you would tell someone, like they're brand new coming into the market, right? Like you told me the process you walk them through for your course, but what are three things that you would tell somebody who's interested into investing and they have no idea where to start. What are three guided steps? So what I would tell them first is get educated. Get educated. Where can you go for that education? Investopedia.com, uh, Market Watch, Market Beat, Yahoo Finance. Um, learn about companies. You know, get educated. You know, learn what the stock market is, what the machine consists of. Mm-hmm. It Take a little bit of time to learn about that, um, first and foremost. Secondly, um, have some money management skills, Mm -hmm. have some money management skills, meaning that you can make all the money in the world. If you really don't understand money or don't have a money consciousness, then it's going to go just as well as if you put a lawsuit in the hands of a person that never had it or win a lottery ticket in the hands of a person who never had money before. The first thing they're going to say is. I got to buy this. I got to buy that. I got to get mama this. I got to get my daughter that. And the money's going to be gone. When the first thing they should be saying is, I'm going to invest this. Let me let me find a way to double this first. And then we could get mommy and get the daughter and get the husband or the wife. You know, but for most people, when they get money and you ask them, 
you know, I did a, I did a little, uh, I posted a little video. What would you do with a million dollars if you had it? And the first thing people said is buy, 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 buy. Those were the first words out of their mouth. Nobody said I would invest. One guy said I would kind of hold it for a while until I decide what to do with it. That was the best answer, you know? And the third thing I would say is learn how to develop a plan for your approach to the market, whether you're a long-term investor, whether you're a trader. The plan is very important. The plan is the most essential part of any business. And I'll have you guys know, Trading stocks is an online business. Is nothing short of that. That is your business. Mm -hmm. That is your business. It may be a low startup cost. It may not be a huge overhead or you don't have to worry about, you know, pitching nobody or, or creating sales leads or, you know, buying uh, uh, inventory. But it is a business and any business should be planned. And I mean a plan that you can see on paper. Because that's what a plan is, you know, that's your blueprint. And, and and that's pretty much it. And just take your time, you know, curb your enthusiasms a little bit. You know, Raquel mentioned that most people are instant gratification seekers. And that's just what we are naturally. We want it now. We want it now. So the thing about it is one thing, if I could add to that, right? Yeah, of course. The most important component after you learn about the market, after you learn how to trade, right, is your ability to be disciplined. Your ability to be disciplined. The market today, for instance, example, the market was on fire today. Fireworks. I made one trade today and I got out of the way. As hard as it was, as hard as it was to do, I did it. Why? Because if I took money from the market, why will I give why would I give the market today a chance to get that money back? So discipline. And that's a part, and that all goes to part of your plan. See, I have a I have a trade plan as well. I only take three trades a day. Mm. And that's a part of my plan. And that's what keeps my 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 profit margin up and my losses down. Mm -hmm. Because you're gonna lose, right? Yes. If you're trading, you're gonna lose. If you're long-term investing, your portfolio may get hit. Your stocks go down. I mean, if you're in companies that are forced in our economic structure, then they'll recover. But, you know, stocks go down right now. My portfolio is smashed, you know, and I don't sell my stocks because I know the companies I have. I believe in them fun for fundamental reasons. Right. And I know they'll recover. But I took that hit. Only reason why I was able to take that hit is because I know how to trade. Yes. And you mentioned that for fundamental reasons, not emotional, not because, oh, I just I just feel so good. No, it's fundamental reasons, y'all. That means that he's looked up, studied these companies. He's understood the, the language in which they're speaking long term. He's talking about um, checking their quarterly earnings, you know, seeing if they've been audited recently by a third party. These are the fundamentals. Anything outside of looking at a chart and structure and market structure and what you read about the stock, that is what he's talking about when he says fundamentals. So when he says yes. he feels good or he believes in a company, we're not talking about an emotional attachment. And I wanted to make sure I've clarified that for y'all. No, that, that was good. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> 
Thank you for hanging out with us. And um, yeah, it, it was a pleasure. Do you well, have listen, any? I, I, I thank you for being a part of this financial revolution because we don't even know, right? That's what we're in right now. That's what we're all in. You know, yeah. there's a transition being made, right? And we're a major part of that. So I want you, I want you to know that you are a part of a bigger scheme. You are a spear, you are spearheading a, a very important aspect of this financial revolution that we're waging against the system because that's what we're doing. Budgeting, understanding budgeting, what she does is so important. You know, most people who make a lot of money, I'm going to say this real quick. Most people who make a lot of money will never see it because they don't know how to budget. And what she does is great, you know, and um, I've always considered you an amazing person. You're super intelligent, a whole lot of charisma, and you're going far. And thank you for having me on here. Thank you for having me on here. Oh, that was so nice. Wealth is supreme education. Don't forget it. Mm. The real definition of education is knowledge organized for a specific purpose. Mm. That's what education is. If you cannot execute on it, then it serves you no purpose. If there's something that you learned from this, go ahead and drop it down below into the comment section. And myself or Santino will definitely be there to respond back to you. It was such a pleasure having him, his passion, his knowledge, his black excellence, all of it. I'm just so happy to have him aboard. So until next time, Bougie Baddies, bye.